Hey there, I'm Bella Hilton and welcome to the Studio Fertility Podcast. If you have been struggling to conceive a baby, well grab a cup of tea. You have come to the right place because I've got your back. I spent 11 years trying to conceive my baby and I don't want you to wait that long. In fact, in that 11 years, I dealt with a bad marriage and a bad divorce, infertility, miscarriages, IVF, toxic workplaces, insensitive comments, and even breast cancer. I got through it all and I'm happy, healthy, and smiling. And I have an amazing husband and a little boy. Now, my superpower is helping women just like you to heal their hearts, live a life that is even better than they thought possible, and then conceive their babies. Because I learned to get the good stuff, I had to get right with myself first and find my happiness now. I finally put my psychology background to use, empowered myself, used my intuition, eliminated my blocks, and that's when everything changed. So here we'll explore your mind and emotions on the journey to conceiving your baby, how to make them work for you, and how to live an amazing life in the process. Hey, beautiful ladies and handsome gents. If you are listening today, welcome, welcome to the Studio Fertility Podcast. I'm your host, Bella Hilton, veteran IVFer and all-round promoter of helping women feel better now on their trying to conceive journey and dramatically increase their chances of conception through mind-body fertility programs and information and resources and awareness. And if you want to know more about my journey, you can find out uh, my story on the podcast, which I did last week, episode 27, because I got very personal. Although it is only part one of my story, you should know that. And on that note today on the podcast, I really wanted to talk to you about all things to look for in a fertility clinic, because yes, I did IVF um, and I did it many times. So I really believe that not every fertility clinic is made equal, right? And I really don't believe that every clinic suits everyone or doctor for that matter, right? So I really wanted to go into it today to really give you some handy information about what to look for in a clinic. And having been through an IVF clinic and experienced multiple rounds of IVF and transfers, and more importantly, having spoken to countless women who have gone through IVF or some other form of assisted reproductive method, I'm starting to form a picture of what I would look for in a fertility fertility clinic um, going forward if that's what I was going to do again. Because ladies and gentlemen, I feel that I got lucky with my clinic and it's always great when you get lucky, right, the first time and you haven't had to really research it. I was extremely happy with them and their level of service, and my doctors for that matter, because I'm sure that this all made a huge difference to me. Now, it had its ups and downs too, if I look back, but let's talk about um, clinics in general, because when I speak to other women sometimes, and I hear stories of how other clinics are run, I sometimes feel a little bit horrified inside. But mainly, I've got to say, because it doesn't match my experience and what I had and what I found so great about my experience. Now, sometimes we don't always have a choice about our experience. So let me explain, because this is the first thing I look for in a fertility clinic or consider about a fertility clinic, and that is the cost and the cost of procedures. 
And I know that sounds very transactional, but the reason this is my number one is this. If you can't afford to go somewhere with all the bells and whistles, then why torture yourself with what you aren't going to experience, right? I'd done a number of rounds of IVF through the private system here in Australia, and it just got too expensive after a while. I was about to start my IVF for baby number two through the public hospital system, which was going to cost me substantially, I can never say that word, substantially less. And quite frankly, I think there was a big part of me that wished I'd known that this was an option in the first place. I guess I hadn't done my homework at all, right? Because I could have saved myself thousands of dollars. But at the same time, I really enjoyed my experience having paid that money. But that savings of dollars would also have meant, you know, a way bigger reduction in the level of service that I would have received. Now, the reason I didn't go through with the public system was because I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So my medical journey took a massive turn at that stage. And so did my plans for baby number two. But getting back to IVF, so through the hospital um, for IVF, the waiting times were going to be way different for the blood tests and the ultrasounds and it would have made me way later for work and all those kind of things. I was certainly not going to get any yogurts or free breakfast or nice waiting rooms with digital sign-ins at the hospital and I would have had far less access to my doctor and far less access to the nurses who had very strict you know open clinic times. Uh, My doctor would not have performed any of the procedures I would not have been able to do any genetic testing of the embryos. And the wait times to speak to a nurse uh, were actually a lot longer, like I said, but also um, uh, I was not going to have that access to my doctor either, particularly if something went wrong. You know, without an appointment, I was not going to be able to speak to him. And I was not going to get procedures done on just any day of the week, which my current, you know, my clinic actually did. And I was prepared for that because of the savings though, because I'd really spent a lot of money by that stage trying to conceive number two. And there does come a point somewhere where you're like, how much more money can I spend on this? Right? I'm sure some of you have been there before. Maybe some of you are there right now. And I know how heartbreaking that can be. Um, I started to feel like instead of growing my family at that stage, I was actually taking money away from my family and our future. That's another story, but it wasn't an influencer on cost to me at that point and why I would consider cost an important factor in looking at a fertility clinic and knowing what the money actually gets you. Because here is the kicker too. I know many women at other clinics who are paying as much as I was at my private clinic who are getting the public hospital clinic experience, so to speak. Now, the public hospital system was great. You know, don't get me wrong. It was really great. And it was offering so many women the opportunity to have IVF and have babies who didn't have so much money for the private system. But I've heard of too many women getting the subpar experience when they're actually paying top dollar and going to the private clinic. And that worries me. Now, just know what you're comfortable with though, and know what kind of service you're going to get for your money and make sure the service you're going to get is the best service for the price you are paying, because I think that's important. Okay, 
second thing I would look for in a fertility clinic. I definitely consider the caliber of doctor and the the success rates of the clinic because sometimes you just need to spend a little more to get better outcomes, right? Sometimes you go, okay, this is the cheapest and this might be in budget, but if we just stretch ourselves a little bit more, then this clinic is actually going to be better for us. You have to weigh up the pros and cons. You have to make those decisions for yourself. Be warned though that some clinics really, uh, you know, look really successful on paper because of the way they measure their success. But it may be that they actually reject a lot of really hard cases to keep their success rates high and might reject women based on age, weight, and any number of things. So be aware that some clinics might look shiny and glossy with success rates upwards of 70% or something, but find out why. And know what procedures your clinic offers. There's no point getting your heart set on a mini IVF cycle when that isn't even an option at your clinic or the radical new treatment that you heard about isn't being offered where you want to go. You need to be aware of those things. So I would look at reviews and if you're so inclined, get some referrals from patients who have had that doctor, for example, or have experienced that clinic. And don't be afraid to shop around, get a second opinion or interview interview a few doctors until you find someone you're truly comfortable with. You are entering a very personal relationship. Okay, uh, the third thing I would look for in a fertility clinic is service. I know I talked about this a lot with the cost of procedures and what your money buys, but it is so important to have a doctor in a clinic with service that you actually feel amazing about. IVF can be a difficult journey, so you want to feel at every point that you're being supported in that. Maybe you want to look for a clinic that also offers acupuncture or mind-body programs and really supports women from a holistic point of view, or maybe you just want to have the basics knowing you can take care of the acupuncture and the mind-body program elsewhere, right? Just really get to know the clinic and the service you will be offered. Take advantage of their free seminars if they offer one. And, you know, like I said, it shouldn't be out of the question to even contact a few former patients to be sure about it. Although you really should get a sense of how the clinic operates if you ask some really relevant questions like, Can you walk me through a typical IVF journey from start to finish or IUI or ovulation induction or whatever procedures you're actually being um, recommended for? And by that I mean, you know, the procedures. What can I expect from finance? What can I expect from admin? What can I expect from the nurses? What can I expect from my doctor at each step of the way? What are your open hours and what access do I have to someone outside of these times? Is your clinic open on weekends? And what happens to IUI and IVF procedures that need to be done on these days? Do you have morning or after-hour clinics to make it easy to fit in with my schedule and my work so I don't, you know, lose my job? (laughs) Or, you know, so I don't have to share it with the whole office. What access will I have to my doctor apart from schedule appointment times and procedures? Now, that's a big one for me, actually. Will my doctor be... Um, performing my procedures also. I don't know about you, but I paid decent money for my IVF procedures and I chose my doctor wisely. Uh, I didn't have to look far and wide and I didn't do a lot of research, but I knew he was a good doctor. 
Why would I want someone with less experience or whom I don't know or am not comfortable with doing my procedures? Right? That was a big one for me. But, and what access will I have to them apart from this? This is also big for me. And I say this because all I ever had to do if I needed to talk to my doctor was to put in a call to his receptionist and I would get a call the next day or even that day. And heaven forbid if something horrible had happened, like I'd gotten bad news, my doctor usually rang me that evening to discuss it with me so I wasn't sitting in some kind of guessing game and horrible angst about it all, right? But I've heard far too many stories again of women having some truly awful news from the clinic that they wanted to discuss with their doctor and what it all meant and they had to wait two weeks to even get an appointment to see their doctor. Now that is a two-week wait you want to avoid. You know, a five to ten minute phone call from your doctor can really put your mind at ease or lessen the pain you might be experiencing, right? Like I had this happen with a client of mine who I think got no um, embryos that fertilized and then had to wait two weeks to see her doctor. That's kind of unacceptable in my book. So yeah, I always had access to my doctor. It wasn't instant though, right? I had lives, um, sorry, they had lives. <laughs> I had lives, of course I had a life. They had lives and I respect that, right? These, these are human beings that also have lives. But this is also their job and I'm their client. And when your client get bad, gets bad news, you talk to them, right? That's what happens in my book at least. In any other business, if someone from your company like the admin staff, um, you know, for example, delivered bad news to your client who was paying you a lot of money, that the project that you were working on was not going according to plan, would you expect them to wait two weeks for an appointment with you to discuss it? I certainly hope not, right? But similarly, if you don't get your doctor's um, you know, ac- access, if you don't have that kind of they can call you for a five-minute call the next day, I would personally look elsewhere because I I think that's too much um, heartache to be sitting in. But also, if you're not getting your doctor's number for speed dial in your phone, don't be shocked because while you may treat it with respect, there would be a lot of people who wouldn't treat it with respect. So you've got to know that too. These are people with lives and there are many women on this journey who, if they got their doctor's phone number on speed dial, would call them every day right? That's not fair. But if something big's going on, you still need to have that access to your doctor and know that they care about you, right? Okay. Tip number four for what to look for in a clinic. What counselling services do they provide? Look, you may have this covered or you may not have, you may not have this covered, but see what kind of services your clinic provides. Um, say you have a miscarriage or just finding the whole journey hard, right? Because I've got to say the counsellors that I had at my clinic when I needed someone to talk to were, how do I put this delicately, absolutely useless. (laughs) And I found instead of a continued care model, it was more like a one and done scenario. Like one session to talk about your miscarriage, maybe a follow up a week later and then nothing, right? Just as long as I was coping. Great. And the thing is, when you're going through IVF, you're aren't always in your right mind. You aren't always feeling balanced and like you've got this. You aren't always in control about advocating for yourself. 
And I've since found uh, out that the clinic that I went to did have a five-week mind-body program, but only after you'd had at least one cycle of IVF and didn't have any kids. Well, to me, that doesn't feel like it's advocating for everyone because I got pregnant um, on my first IVF cycle and had my son. So that program was not open to me when I really needed something when things weren't going well, trying for number two, which just doesn't seem right. So I just had Miss Counselor, who didn't seem to really give a shit about me at all, getting me over and done with because A, she probably had a big client load, B, wasn't empowered by the clinic to actually set out a plan with me and work with me properly and C, didn't sound like she really cared, but probably because of those things. Maybe she did want to, you know. So honestly, if you can find a clinic that actually empowers you from day one with a mind-body program and doesn't discriminate based on the fact that you don't fit their stringent criteria, do it. But if you can't, I would actually find support for yourself and find this elsewhere. Support on this journey is paramount, and I wish that I'd had that support when I actually really needed it. Now, Tip number five for what to look for in a clinic is probably the biggest, but find a doctor that believes in you as a patient. Find a doctor that you are comfortable with, that has a good bedside manner, who doesn't bombard you with statistics. Um, look, I know it's their job to give, not give you false hope, and that is important, but if they are willing to work with you and take your money and help you on this journey, they better, they, you know, I was going to swear there, but they better actually believe in your ability to get pregnant. Again, oh my goodness, I've heard some stories of women who have had some doctors who didn't believe in them but took them on anyway and the trouble with that is the remarks that get made along the way that make the process so much more difficult. I actually changed doctors at one stage because my specialist made an absolute error of judgment with a statement that he made right after a transfer. And here is why this is important. You know I'm such a big believer in the power of the mind because I live and breathe it every day and all the science that backs it up and our doctors can be some of our biggest influences, right? We are vulnerable in that position. We are handing our control over to our doctors, We tend to trust them, right? And that's a great relation to be in when you actually trust them. And one of the things that happens in a setting like that is what our doctors say to us bypasses what is known as the critical factor in our brains that filters things in and out. Essentially, whatever they say goes straight to our unconscious mind as fact, whether we want it to or not. So when our doctor is making unhelpful remarks or hounding into us that we have limited chances, then that can really reinforce this with our unconscious minds and our bodies in turn will listen to them. It basically puts you on the back foot. If we want to set you up for success, while this might not be the overriding factor of your, you know, of whether you're successful or not, it really doesn't help. So in my case, when the embryologist was enthusiastic about my embryo and then the doctor wasn't, well, who did I listen to? Of course, the doctor. I just couldn't get it out of my head. It was like an earworm and it didn't set me up for success with that cycle at all. 
And it's just really unhelpful to a woman's mental health in that state, right? There is just a way to deliver information that doesn't diminish people in the process and make them feel like shit. And information like that can also have like this placebo effect, you know, um, you know, uh, placebo um, is where, you know, uh, people who believe in their, in the therapy who are actually taking a sugar pill can get benefit. Or in the negative, it's also a nocebo effect. So like, again, on drug trials, they found that people who expect to experience nausea start experiencing the nausea. So often what we are telling ourselves of what we're going to experience is what we experience. It can play a role in our success. Now, I would love to hear from you about what you love about your fatigue. Uh, fertility clinic or fertility doctor let's share that information widely or what you've experienced maybe that you wish you hadn't write to me and let me know because I'd love to hear about it and of course if you're needing help right now with your mindset and with your fertility journey and you want to start on a mind body path to support um, you know while you're trying naturally or while you're doing the IVF then head to my website at studiofertility.com where you can find out more about what I do and how I help people. Or if you just want to get to know me better and experience what I do, go to studiofertility.com slash meditation and you can get instant access to a week of amazing meditations, visualizations and hypnosis and why to use each one and how each one benefits you. Um, So if you need to feel supported right now, get on to that and do that. And of course, you can follow me at Studio Fertility on Instagram um, to get daily posts and information. And I will see you next time on the podcast, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Studio Fertility Podcast. Remember, if you like this podcast, go ahead and subscribe so you can make sure you know when the next episode drops. And you can find other episodes right now at studiofertility.com slash podcast and of course if you know of anyone else that would benefit from this podcast make sure you share it with them and pay it forward we are all in this together make sure too that you give us a five-star rating to help others find this podcast and let me know how this podcast has benefited you by leaving a review so i can continue to deliver more great content that i know you want and need And if you're starting to find that your infertility journey is getting the best of you, please head over to my website at studiofertility.com slash meditation and you can get instant access to a week of learning all about meditation, hypnosis and visualization, how to use each one and how they benefit you and of course some actual tracks to start to calm your nervous system. Each day you will receive a short video and an awesome meditation, hypnosis, or visualization that you can do in your own time. And of course, access to those tracks for whenever you need them. Just head to studiofertility.com slash meditation to find out more. And I'll see you next time on the podcast.